Hello again, Scrum listeners, and welcome to our latest episode, a debate featuring all four candidates running for Suffolk County Register of Deeds, moderated by me, Adam Riley, and Mike Dean, WGBH News's Statehouse reporter. As far as we know, this is the first time that the four contenders, Democrat Steve Murphy and Independents Joe Donnelly, John Keith, and Margarita Champa-Coyne, have agreed to meet up and square off. The Register's job is pretty esoteric. Basically, she or he keeps a record of public documents for real estate transactions in Suffolk County. But given the dearth of competitive races in Massachusetts this year, this might actually be the hottest contest in the state. Take a listen. This is a special live taping of the podcast that we do at WGBH News called The Scrum. It's a podcast focused on local and occasionally national politics, sometimes political media. We're going to talk with the four of you, all of whom are running to become the next Suffolk County Register of Deeds, for about 45 minutes here today. Mike Dean, our Statehouse uh, correspondent, and I, by the way, my name is Adam Riley. I'm a reporter at WGBH. We'll be trading off asking questions of the two of you. We will try to give you chances to mix it up, uh, and you should feel free to create those chances yourself. You know, if on question one, I uh, throw something out there, Joe answers it, and Steve is absolutely disgusted by Joe's response. Feel free to hop in and say, you know, Joe, you don't have a leg to stand on. Uh, or to agree, if you want to agree. So without further ado, I want to give uh, Mike Dean, again, our State House reporter, a chance to pop question number one to the four of you. Thank you guys for coming. Again, I'm Mike Dean. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll go around clockwise, if that's okay. Uh, and very briefly, if you guys could just tell me, what do you foresee as the future of the Register of Deeds office? What are the trends, what are the dynamics you expect to encounter over the next four, eight, 16 years on the job, should you get it? Sorry. Um, <clears throat> Joe Donnelly here. I just see technology advancing. I mean, the website's 1999, it's, it's way behind where it should be with today's technology, and that's where I see most of it going, and, and more of um, more paperless um, payments and stuff like that, and um, more credit card type uh, payments for recording fees, et cetera. John? Um, so I feel like the office itself and the offices across the Commonwealth really need to be changed from the top to the bottom and from the bottom to the top, and that is basically... What I mean by that is the structure of it, where each county has one or more registries, and there are there's an overlap in what everyone does. You know, the, the registries historically came together because they were county-based, uh, but in this day and age, with the amount of registries that uh, that we have and the amount of documents that they cover, it really needs to change. You know, I can talk about it more in length, but uh, I see it completely um, becoming something else, uh, more consumer. Based, but also in a way that would save time, money, and effort. Margaret. So I think technology Actually, makes. Just to uh, yeah. back up, um, John, give your uh, introduce yourself. Say who you are. Joe offered a very quick intro, and then Margaret, you can do the same. Oh, okay. My name is John Keith. I'm a real estate broker in Boston. My name is Margarita Champa-Coyne. I, um, am a, I work for a national title underwriter. I have t- over 25 years' experience in title and land records. Um, so I think technology makes the biggest impact. I think the registry of the future will have a single portal site where you can access all records for all counties. Um, I think it will be more accessible in that it will have information in multiple languages. 
Um, I think that, as Joe and um, John had said, that, um, you know, payments via credit card, things like that, to make it uh, a more fluid use, I think those are, those are the avenues that I hope to bring to the office, make it more accessible for the constituents of Suffolk County. Lorraine Espresso. I'm going to Steve, before you begin a reminder, get very up close and personal with the microphone. I'm uh, Steve Murphy. I'm the Democratic nominee for the um, Suffolk uh, Registry of Deeds position. And um, <clears throat> I have uh, over uh, 20 years experience in uh, public agency <laughs> management. And um, I believe what we're heading toward, both Joe and Margarita hit it on the head, uh, is technology upgrades. And it's uh, a serious uh, problem for the Suffolk Registry and for all the registries, frankly. There are two different uh, uh, systems that are used, one by the uh, registries that are under the Secretary of State's dominion, and that is ACS system, and then there's a Brown Tech system, which is used by the counties that are still in business, Plymouth and Norfolk County, and that Brown Tech system seems to work a little bit, it's a little easier uh, used by people online and on mobile applications than the ACS system. So I think uh, our challenge, whoever is successful, is to go in and upgrade that website and make it more user-friendly, moving uh, towards a, a 21st century operation, if you will. I want to ask a question, which I actually should have thrown out there at the outset as sort of the, the uh, question point five before Mike asked the first one. It's a question that may be on the minds of some of the people in the audience if they're listening uh, I don't know if they are or not, but uh, the question would be, what the hell is the Suffolk County Register of Deeds, which is something we probably should have gotten on the table to begin with. Um, as an individual on Twitter put it to me when I was soliciting input for questions we should ask you guys, uh, please explain in one succinct sentence what the Register of Deeds entails. And let's start again with Joe and then uh, whip around the table. I'd like to compare it to a safety deposit box for all your um, important um, records, etc. Uh, now, again, you've got to remember that some of the people who hear this online won't know what kind of records you're talking about. Some of the people out there in the BPL Newsfeed Cafe won't know what kind of records you're talking about. Can you be even more basic and even more layperson friendly? Mostly um, deeds of title for your par personal, um, personal part, your residences, etc. Right, John, what would yeah, your sure. one-sentence concise explanation be? Um, the registry of deeds is where land record uh, land transactions are recorded. So whenever someone buys or sells a property, like a condo or a single-family home, they make a permanent record of it at the registry. And the register is the person in charge of, or the administrator in charge of the office. Thank you. Margarita? So I would say my single sentence is the Register of Deeds is responsible for the recording and maintenance of a public record of all documents pertaining to real estate. If you want me to, the Massachusetts law mandates that all deeds, mortgages, surveyor and architect plans, certificates of title, liens and other records be placed in a permanent record accessible to the public. That's Right from my literature piece. That won't, that won't fit in a, twi <laughs> a tweet, though, okay? That is more than 140 characters. Yeah. And finally, Steve Murphy. Well, the register manages the registry, which is, in, in fact, uh, the custodian of real estate records in the county with which he or she manages. And um, <clears throat> uh, for most people, their most important asset in their life is real property, their real estate property. So to have it managed and secured 
competently and fairly and uh, adequately is an important uh, public task. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a job that doesn't get a lot of scrutiny, but needs, uh, we need to raise the level of importance of the job to the people that it uh, oversees, I guess. Can I um, interrupt? Uh, uh, with Steve, in Steve's introduction, he actually mentioned two things that I, I think are uh, very important in this race. Uh, you know, this is an open position um, because the person who had it, uh, this is John speaking, the, the person who had it, Mickey Roach, retired in December, and it's an open position now, which is why you saw so many people running in the Democratic primary here in Suffolk County, and now you have four people running in the general. Um, Steve won the Democratic primary in September against six other people. Um, the, and as I think he mentioned and other people have mentioned, it's an administrative job. So it, you do have an a, uh, election based on party, but, but really the job has no policy decisions. Uh, you can make it what you want, but there's really, in my mind, no difference between electing a Democrat, uh, Republican, or an independent, which is what, I'm in, what I am as a non-party candidate. One of the things you've brought up, John, is um, eliminating the electoral basis of this position or making that a goal. Uh, you've been you know, pretty uh, prominent about that throughout the Democratic race and now in, in the general. Um, and I, I want to know what you other, you know, the other candidates think about that. Should this be an elected position and why, if there is no policy basis to it? How do voters evaluate your performance? So... I'm clear on this. This is Adam Riley again. Are we giving John a chance to explain his rationale first and then getting their take, or letting all of them respond to his proposal and then giving John the last one? Well, I'll, I'll let John speak briefly on uh, why sure. he has brought um, this up as an issue and then let them speak. Yeah, I, uh, um, I believe that, and this was the second issue I was going to say about Steve's uh, comments, was that one of the problems of why things can't get done there is because some of the registries report more to the more to the Secretary of State than others. So there's this uh, difference between some registries and the others because of, of county governments still existing in some counties. So the reason why I want to get rid of it is to say let's start fresh with a much more streamlined uh, office that is more, I guess, consumer friendly and also basically again saves money and time. All right, we'll start with you, Margaret. Well, I do agree with John. It's it is an administrative function. I mean, you are under the Secretary of State's office. It doesn't impact policy. I think the Register of Deeds can make it more accessible. Um, the resources that are available through the Secretary of State, how you use those resources as a Register of Deeds certainly make a difference. Um, but I do agree it's, you know, you're an operations manager in this role. That's how I see it. Um, again, that's what I do. So, um, but... You know, I, I go back and forth. I, I do think it's something that can be eliminated, and seamlessly so, but you do have to go through the legislature. It is an entailed process. Um, but for right now, it's an elected position, and that's why I'm here. Just so I'm clear on this, John wants it to cease being an elected position. Right. right. Ultimately, you'd like to be the last elected Register of Deeds for Suffolk County? Uh, yeah, I guess there's two, two parts to it. And, um, and is one is uh, turning it from an elected into an appointed position, and that would either be by county or one overall. And the second would be abolishing it completely. And, Margarita, where do you stand on those two things? I, I think I could see both sides of it. I, I hate to cop out on that, but it's... But that's huge. You're running for the job, though. Uh, no, I mean, I think that, as I said, so you're under the constraints of the Secretary of State, but as the Register of Deeds, you do have some autonomy in that I would take the position to advocate for the use of those resources so that more constituents have accessibility. I could see myself 
making it, as I said, more um, more user friendly, more technologically advanced. There are so many different ways to make the registry better, um, but. I also can see where folks say that if it's appointed, it just becomes another hack job. You know, it's going to be appointed to someone who is connected. Um, the irony is we're here today running for this position. I certainly think that my skill set, if I were interviewed for it, I feel very confident that I'd be one of the, if not the top candidate. Uh, Councilor? Well, um a few years ago, we eliminated the elected school committee in Boston, and as a elected city councilor, I can tell you that the city council members almost became school committee members because they were the form of government that parents could reach elected representatives. So I don't think we're doing anybody a favor by eliminating the elective component to this part. I think what the job entails is you need a manager and uh, I was a manager of a public agency, the Boston City Council, which had uh, 90 employees and a $6 million annual budget, and I managed it for three years as president and returned a surplus to the taxpayers each time. And uh, this has 30 employees, some part-time, mostly full-time, uh, and at a $1.8 million budget. And uh, I believe it needs a manager and a leader, and I believe it should be an elected position and remain so because it's accountable to voters that way. Joe Donnelly. Joe Donnelly. I'm kind of like Margarita. I'm on the fence. And uh, my opinion, I usually don't answer this question. I usually make a prediction. Uh, there were ten of us are in this race. One has been a politician for a long time. If he wins, it'll stay in elected position. And if one of the other nine who's never run for office or been in office, it'll become appointed. Wait, who you say ten of you? Well, room? the primary plus this. Okay, I was I was thinking that we had a big screw up here and, and failed to get <laughs> some people who should be at this table. Yeah. So, um, so did, you made a prediction. Yep. What do you think the position should be? Elected, appointed, none of the above. Like I said, I'm on the fence myself. I have to admit, um, Steve made good points. It'll end up in Marguerite too. It, it'll be a, a hack job if you made an appointed position. So, well, I, I don't mean hack. I well, mean. Someone connected. Somebody connected. Which, the uh, you know the register of motor vehicles. Um, the only way I know who who that is is if I look at my license. That's an appointed position, and I believe basically runs outside of the outside of the regular politics. Now we are in the scrum, and it's it's a casual kind of thing. So I don't want to change that. But um, the when Steve was on the city council. They were found in violation of open meeting laws 11 times. So to tout your electoral, you know, being an elected official and doing a good job on the city council, you know, with the experience of 20 years, there's going to be certain things that come out negative. And I would say that's a huge negative is, you know, touting your experience as a city councilor and then really kind of blowing it. Steve Murphy, you'd like to reply to that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know if John knows what he's talking about. I was city council president for three years and we never had any open meeting violations when I held the gavel uh, being the president of the body. So that's where the record is, that's where it stands and let's leave it there. Um, I want to mix things up a little bit. Mike and I have some more questions we want to run by the four of you but I would also like to give each of you a question, uh, pardon me, each of you a chance to question each other 
uh, in particular because I think this is the first time that all four of you have been together, correct, since the primary? So. Or am I making that up to make myself feel more important? Right. Great. So given that, I'd like to start with Steve and go counterclockwise around the table, which our listeners cannot see but will have to imagine. Uh, Steve, I'd love to have you ask a question of any one of your rivals in this race uh, and have them reply. Then we'll have Margarita do the same, John and Joe. So, Steve, I guess Murphy, my, lead the way. my question would be to John, if you're going to eliminate the position as an elected position and have it appointed, who would you have appoint? Uh, that's a... That's, in that case, there would have to be, I think, two things that go on. You couldn't have, like, the governor appoint 21 different registers. It just doesn't make sense. You know, it, it really, it's the, pers- the, re- the governor has better things to do, probably. It, I don't think the Secretary of State has the authority to, to make those appointments. So you're kind of stuck there. What I do know is that the Secretary of State, the Senate President, um, have both said in the past at different times that they're for eliminating the position. Um, Stan Rosenberg is on record of saying that. So I think there is the will to do it. Uh, how to go about it is something that would take a lot of time and effort. You know, we're Suffolk County, so we're in the middle, we're the seat of government uh, for Massachusetts. So if somebody is going to take the lead on that, I would think it would be Suffolk County in the register. And it's a six-year term. I honestly think it would take like six years to, to get that to go, at least to change it from an, from an elected to an appointed. But we're running for a two-year, um, to finish out uh, Register Roach's two-year term. Sure. So if you were to begin the process, you'd begin it now and hope to get reelected, <laughs> and then continue to abolish, to go forward to abolish the position you're elected to? Is that... Yeah, I would think so. Um, you know, you have two years. It's sort of like a trial period to see whether you do a good job or not. Um, and, you know, it is a six-year term. Uh, as you know, Mickey Roach had it for 14 years, and before him, Paul Tierney had it for 24. Paul Tierney, by the way, who ran as an independent when he ran, he ran against Louise Dave Hicks in 72. Uh, you may know. Uh, 76. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there is a, a, there is a role for somebody who's non-party, um, but yeah, it would take. Uh, it would take. I, I think it should be a trial period, maybe for two years. And I'm not saying that because I'm unexperienced. I'm saying that because, you know, uh, voters are interested in this race for the first time in decades, practically. Um, why not let them see who's doing a good job and then go from there? Just a reminder before we let Margarita Champa Coin ask a question of one of her rivals for Suffolk County Register of Deeds. You are listening to the Scrum WGBH News's political podcast, and some of those sounds you hear in the background reflect the, uh, the good people who are coming into the Boston Public Library and sharing our ethereal studio space with us. We are right next to the BPL's Newsfeed Cafe, so you'll get all sorts of funky sonic cues as this conversation goes on. That said, Margarita champa uh feel free to ask a question of one of your opponents. So I have a question for Mr. Murphy. You worked at the Suffolk County Register of Deeds um, for a bit. I've seen that in your literature. What exactly did you do, and um, how confident are you with your understanding of title and land records and the impact they have on commerce? I'm very confident in my understanding. I ran the scanner, and I was one of three people that ran the scanner, scanning documents in mortgages and deeds. I worked under Paul Tierney. Paul Tierney Jr. is my campaign treasurer. Um, So there's a friendship that goes back there for a number of years. Um, And uh, I worked with many of the people that are still there. There are 30 full-time employees at the time. There are about 58 
Uh, they were in the old courthouse, and uh, many of the folks are still there. Some of the people that trained me are still working the counter at the Registry of Deeds, and it's a good professional operation. And, and when you say you ran the scanner, can you expand on what the scanner is? It's, it's a machine that you scan documents, hard copy documents, into the, the, you know, the electronic <clears throat> media, I guess, right. so that they can put them on the, uh, the books and pages at the books and pages in the registry. And so you, you used a scanner to scan documents in. Did you review the document for, you know, title standards? or They, they were reviewed before they came to the scanner. Right. So you scanned them in? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but I, I don't know if this is, this is culture I'm the, I'm the for an audio-only segment, I'm but you have an expression on your face, Margarita, which I think I would yes. describe as wry, perhaps, and I just wanted to see, since our listeners won't get the visual cues that are being given here, what, what's your takeaway from what uh, Steve had to say just then? Um, so this, I, well, I guess my takeaway is if you're running the scanner, I would not say that I have experience at Suffolk County. I, that would be something I would not confidently admit to, I guess, that there I ran the There were four scanner. of us on the ballot. One yeah. of us was employed there, yeah. and that's what I've said. No, no, I understand that. I, and, I'm, and that's the record. Yeah. So I'm just talking about the record. Right. Uh, John Keith, do you have a question for one of your uh, fellow I, I do. Um, you know, Steve also says on, his ba- on the primary, he said he was a county commissioner. It was the most ludicrous, you know, uh, thing to say. The county, go- the county government of Boston had been, had been uh, abolished of Suffolk County in, in, I believe, 99, and yet it was on there, the ballot. Um, he had eight words on the ballot. Other people had zero, basically because they didn't really know how it worked. And as someone who's run for office before, he knew exactly how it worked. And I'd also say he said that he had friends at the, at the registry who still worked there, Again, as a city councilor, he was known to hire friends. Uh, he hired somebody who, uh, you know, obviously in the Globe, they brought it up and questioned the, the judgment of somebody to do that. What you're going to see at the registry is the same thing that's happened over and over again in, in government, both city, county, and, and state. So we have an assertion from John Keith, but we still need a question from John Keith, I sure. think, for Steve Murphy, since you're the, he's the guy you've been talking well, about. Well, you know, this, uh, well, no, I did a political thing there, I guess, where you don't answer the question, but you go on to something else. But a little bit. Until you get interrupted by a, mo- you know, a moderator. But I guess I'd ask Joe, you know, you're, uh, for a little bit, I'd like to, oh, is that okay? Or well, I, I wanted to make sure you, you threw some stuff at Steve, and I wanted to give him a, a chance. I didn't know if you were going to ask him a question about those things. If you have a question for Joe, I still want to make sure that Steve gets a chance oh, to um, push back. Oh, then I'll hold up on the question. Well, if we're going to talk about my record on the city council, let's talk about the fact that I did some amazing things as a member of the city council. One of them, uh, the uh, Cory reform legislation that Governor Patrick filed and passed in 2010 was taken from a 2005 resolution that I had put through the city council. Uh, the uh, piece on... Uh, pilot, payment in lieu of taxes, is my piece. And I, I hammered on it for four or five years, was co-chair of a commission that Mayor Menino had uh, uh, put together, and we raised from $13 million to $42 million the amount of payment in lieu of taxes that come from colleges and hospitals. And my financial background, my business background, came into play on a couple of occasions as a member of the city council in major ways, convincing the late Mayor Tom Menino 
to refinance the convention center bonds to save four Boston public libraries that were slated for closure in 2010 because we had an $18 million deficit coming out of the state budget. And we refinanced those bonds and saved more than $18 million in interest payments and was able, were able to rechannel that money into programmatic needs. And those are important things that I think I brought to the table, that the Globe, while they were chasing whether or not I was going in and out of an executive garage, which I wasn't because I had parked my car there, we weren't living in our house, and I never bothered to explain it to the Globe because, frankly, I don't work for the Globe. I work for the people of Boston. And uh, I didn't explain to the Globe why I wasn't going in and accessing the garage. And then the Globe writes four times that I spent months on a time in Florida, which was not true. I'm married, and if I'm in Florida for months at a time, I'm not married very long, I can tell you that. <laughs> so, Joe Donnelly, I think you got the last question for an opponent. Uh, okay, yeah. Steve, I don't want to pick on you, oh, but <laughs> you got three independents and one career politician. I'm not a career politician either, Joe. I spent eight years in uh, private uh, business before getting on to the city council. But Roll your eyes, Margarita, on eight years in the private sector. Mm -hmm. um, you were a city council. You also ran for... I'm Italian. I'm very expressive. What can I say? Um, you also ran for state treasurer. You didn't get elected. Right. As a city council, you also ran for sheriff. You mm -hmm. did not get elected. Mm -hmm. You lost your re-election this time around to the city council... If you had won that, would you be running for this seat now? Probably. Enough said. Thank you. Mike Dean. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go around the horn one more time on another question. It's a 28, 30-person staff. There's a lot of different managerial changes. You're all aware of what is within the purview of the office. Uh, if you were to make one change in the first 90 days, you know, what's the low-hanging fruit that you want to do kind of day one or the first three months in? Uh, we'll start with you, Margarita. I think the first 90 days I would like to do sort of an audit of the office, an audit on procedure, um, you know, how the registry works, um, even with technology, so that we can see what, what is working What's not working? I'm not looking to go in there and slash and burn. I'm really looking to work with the folks that are there, who for the most part are professionals. I would like to make sure that there's a consistent level of standards um, with how documents are accepted, reviewed. I'd like to make sure that people are invested in the process so they fully understand that they are dealing with some of the most, if not the most important documents that constituents of Suffolk County, um, you know, rely that they work with. Um, and as I said, I'm not looking to, I, I want to see what works, what doesn't work. I really want to engage the team in there so that they're invested in the process and um, give them the education and resources they need to work, I guess, um, if there are any lacking information or they need more assistance or more resources to better do their job, that's what I would look to do. We'll go around this direction. Steve Murphy, first 90 days, what kind of managerial changes would you make? I don't think there'd be many managerial changes. I would um, go for a meeting with the Secretary Galvin to immediately begin the process of upgrading that website. And I believe that uh, I would need to uh, engage the uh, assistance of other registers that come under his dominion. 
and I, I would take a leadership role in that because I think that's the, the most glaring uh, deficit in the way the office is being run right now. And so uh, that's where my primary focus would be moving in there and, and going after uh, that uh, substandard website. Uh, Joe oh, sorry. here. Oh, sorry. Mr. Donnelly? <laughs> well, mostly what I would do is learn the jobs of all 28 employees and get their feedback. And once I get a handle on that, then we'll move on to the next step. No specific idea of what that might be? No, because I think I've got to learn their jobs first. I don't think I, from the outside, I don't know what's going on behind the walls there. I, I've done a lot of closings there. Everything seems to be running efficiently. But until you get into the, the nuts and bolts, you really, really can't tell what to do. John Keith. I was thinking when uh, you guys were talking about this, the registry, and I think Joe probably knows what it used to be like, actually maybe even longer than when Steve was there or maybe after Steve was there, but the... Uh, up the hill. The, uh, <laughs> the changes are literally night and day because now you can see in Windows, I think, versus just having to look in this very dark, very sad office where, where nothing ever changed. Um, but uh, my first 90 days would be working with the assistant registers uh, to understand what they do. Um, they've been picking up the slack since, uh, since Mickey Roach la left at the end of last year, especially Tom Ryan in the office there. So uh, I think working with them, um, my background is accounting and business analysis and management. Um, I'd love to just sit down with people and, and learn their job. But in the first 90 days, I think you're going to have bigger responsibilities than that. But, you know, I go on the site every day, and, and they do 99% accurate and, and quality work. And it's that 1% that would drive anybody crazy who went to the site, you know, just misspellings, et cetera. You're always going to have uh, human error, but the idea is how do we keep that from affecting things? Because like Steve said, you're talking about your most valuable asset. Yeah, I, she started. I do agree. All right, I've got one more question for the four of you, and, and then I'll let Mike throw in anything he wants to add. But I think I'll, well, no, I lied. I, I have another question after this. That being said, there's a ton of data contained in the registry that's pretty hard for government agencies and ordinary people to access. I'm wondering how you would go about changing that and also whether you might attempt to make use of that data internally in a way that's beneficial for Suffolk County that isn't currently being, um, maybe currently being explored right now. And I have to give a shout out that also is a, a listener generated question, at least in part. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that. And let's start with junkies. Um, the uh, the data there, as you say, is it's it's in, if you look at the site and if you try to pull up some data, it's like TIFF files. So you can't. It's not like as Steve was saying, it's scanned in, but it's not like a PDF where you can you know you can optically read the information. To go backwards and to try to extract that information seems to me almost impossible. They're going back to index uh, documents, but to go anywhere further than that, I feel like they have to start currently and maybe well, move forward. Um, the data can be used in many ways. You know, I consider data and information to be different. Data would be maybe the raw numbers and, and, and names and addresses. Information is what you do with that. Um, I always think of the Warren Group as like an example of who uses the data to create information. The Warren Group publishes Banker and Tradesman who endorsed me in, the, in this race for Register of Deeds. Um, it's the information that people want. How many foreclosures are there by zip code, by address, uh, by name? Um, the Globe, not to, to bring them up again, they did a great story on the Pam family in Roxbury who were buying properties for a dollar down, and basically the sellers had no idea that they had lost title. 
to their properties. So the information needs, to, the data needs to be provided so that everybody can use it, not just those who you know pay for a Warren Group uh, uh, report or something. Uh, it, it it can be done within the confines of the office as it is now, but again, a lot of it is going to depend upon all the registries getting on board. Just so I'm clear, you like the idea of the registrar, uh, pardon me, the registry of deeds providing that data, some of that data free of charge to the public. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's impossible to get out now. Um, uh, you know, you can't. I, I think there's in the primary and in this race, there's a there's a there's a fear of overpromising and like and like Steve said, it's just two years for this go round. But if you're going to ask what should be done, it would be make the data available to everybody. You know, there's some concerns about privacy, uh, but that data is already already there. You know, and, and that's how the Globe found it. But if you had read the Globe story on the Pam family and didn't then wanted to do your own research, there's you would go to the website and you would never go back. Joe Donnelly, what do you think? Um, I'd be a little nervous about having too much access to certain things where third parties could be marketing people and scams and stuff like that. That I'd be nervous about. Um, I would like to see them go back in time. They stop around 1970 as far as scanning in information. I know Norfolk County goes back to 1700. I'd like to see the, the registry go back in time and, and scan in older, older documents. Steve Murphy, any thoughts on making data uh, accessible to the public? I think there's a lot of manpower hours involved in scouring through and re reconditioning this data to get it out. And I don't know whether the budget of the office would survive trying to do something like that. The budget has been dropping uh, uh, over the last several years, and it's down under $1.8 million, and it's 93% personnel costs now. So um, I'm not sure that we could add bodies to do that additional work. Um, I Is think there a way to make the site? Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I, I think that um, maybe if the registry were to be working a little bit more closely with other government agencies, like the Attorney General's office and uh, the cities and towns in the county to uh, exchange information, you may be able to find a way to get the to people uh, in the in the foreclosure field before something is foreclosed, or exchange of information is always a good thing. And I think if you could uh, do that with other government agencies, you'd be uh, helping out people that uh, send you there. Yeah. And Margarita Champaclin. So the question about the records and the data. One of the things that I think we fail to mention is the records at the data at the registry of deeds changes by the minute. Every time a document is recorded, that data set changes. So it is um, something to be aware of. It's difficult. Keeping those records active and accessible, um, I think that's where technology, again, comes into play. I, I believe your question was, what do you do with those data records? How yeah, it's do you sort of an awkwardly phrased yeah. uh, dual question. You know, How might you make all the information that the registry is sitting on more accessible to the public and to other government agencies, and how might you harness it internally yeah. for a purpose that you deemed worthwhile? I think a real simple fix right now, and I've said it before is the fact that we have the ballot in multiple languages. I don't understand why information on how you research the indices of the registry are not, is, are not available in multiple languages. And certainly that's an easy fix, whether it's a, a link on the website, a, a YouTube video where someone is talking in a 
another language with a screenshot of how you research the grantor and grantor indices. You know, John talked about the fraudulent deeds that were an issue. Um, Certainly, again, I think the biggest thing for fraud prevention is education, educating folks on what to look for, what to be aware of. Um, Those are things that, you know, it's the register of deeds, if we can provide that information on a proactive basis, I think that's helpful to the constituents. You know, as I said, data and land records, especially at the registry, they're changing by the minute. It's something that uh, needs to be top-notch. Um, using those records with other providers, certainly, you know, B&T uses them. CoreLogic, which is one of the biggest data providers on real estate records in the world. All those things are available. Technology's here. They're all, it's all a good thing. I don't know why we don't, why it's not done. You know, wrap up one of the last questions. I want to keep this one quick. We'll start with Joe Donnelly and, and move quickly around. Can we call this a lightning round? It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a lightning round. Um, it could either be a long answer, but we want a short one. This is for two years to fill the remaining term of the, you know, the previous register. What metrics do you want voters to judge you on in two years? In two years from now, what will you campaign on as your successes? We'll start with you, Joe. Um, Probably reaching out to the community newspapers and updating what's happening at the registry. John Keith? Yeah, I would go along with that. You know, this is a, a job that pays well. It would be, what are you, what are you getting for your value? And then, uh, so uh, keeping the office in, in front of um, constituents so that they can see what's happening. And then I'd also say keeping it out of the newspapers, uh, which would be a feat for somebody in this position. Um, there's been plenty of people for this job and other jobs that have had rocky uh, histories. Margarita? Um, I would say that I would ask them to make sure, make certain that I've accomplished um, having a more efficient website, uh, more accessibility to the constituents of Suffolk County, and a um, easier use. So accessible to the constituents, modern technology, and um, an informed clerk and recording staff. And Steve Murphy? Uh, upgrading the website, number one. Number two, to bring the registry local to the cities and towns and neighborhoods of Suffolk County, something like Traveling Tuesdays where we'll go out to other public buildings and give educational and uh, uh, meet the uh, folks in those cities and towns, answer questions, and actually take back documents to record so people aren't schlepping their way to the Brook Courthouse to get everything done. Uh, so those are the two things, I think. And constituent services, which I excelled in as a member of the city council for many, many years. And it's something that uh, everybody needs a little help navigating a bureaucracy, and uh, the Registry of Deeds is no exception. All right, I've been agonizing over which question to throw at you guys as the final question. I think I've made my decision. So I want you to go around the table. Let's start with Steve, then go Margarita, John, and Joe. Other than the $124,000 that this job it's pays? $119,000. The Globe got that wrong. They got too. that wrong? Yeah. All right. They so get a lot wrong. $119,000. Is this, is this a number yeah. everyone's comfortable yeah. with? Let's say that. The, aside well, from well, the, the, the 119 or whatever it is, $1,000 salary that accompanies this job, what excites you, emphasis on the word, excites you about serving as Register of Deeds? And you can consider this your closing statement. Steve Murphy, let's start with you. Improving a public office, raising the profile of the public office, and uh, making it more um, uh, 
germane in a day-to-day fashion with the citizens that uh, it represents. It's the most important public asset for many of us, or asset for many of us in our lifetimes, is going to be our home. And to have that security of title protected, managed uh, properly there is an important public duty. And um, it's been done before and done well by Paul Tierney and Mickey Roach, among others. And uh, I believe that uh, it's an important office that needs a few tweaks here and there. And I've got my uh, issues raising the uh, visibility of the office and bringing forward a, a new and improved website. All right. So Margarita Champ-McClain, Steve Murphy, thank you. So I, I've been in the industry for over 25 years, so I actually have a passion for title and land records. I know it sounds wonky, but I you do. You and a million others. Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I'm Boston born and raised. I use the registry. I know that there's a more efficient way to do things. I know that it can be more accessible to the folks in Suffolk County, and that's why I'm running. I know that I can make things easier for the folks who work in the registry, who use the records, my neighbors who ask me to look up a deed. It's, that's why I'm running. I have a passion for title and land records. All right, Margarita Champ-McCoyne, thank you. John Keith? Uh, my passion, I would say, is data, data, data. Uh, just like it, it seems odd to say that, like Margarita said about the land records. To me, I've done software conversions. I worked on uh, major financial services conversions, uh, which I didn't mention earlier. But I do have experience, and that's going to be a big thing if we do move forward with providing more data to people as well as, uh, as well as changing the systems and upgrading the website. I'm very active on, on social media and very active on the internet, and so it's something that I use every day. Um, and again, this job is, and, and I didn't mention as well that this job originally was appointed um, for the first hundred years or so and then became an elected position, so it would be going back to what it was originally. Um, but really, this job, again, is for somebody who has the experience and the know-how and the desire to do the job. Um, the biggest challenge for me, Joe and Margarita, is to have people who may be a Democrat uh, look beyond that for this ballot uh, and look uh, based on uh, what each person is promising and each person's background versus um, having a D after their name. I'm an independent. What did I say? You said Joe and Margarita for Democrats. Oh, I think he was... I, he was trying to talk about Steve without actually mentioning oh, I probably missed so. at least one comma there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. I use the, the... John Keith, thank you. Joe yes, Donnelly, you are the last candidate for Suffolk County Register of Deeds to convey the electric excitement this job creates in you. I'll make it kind of short and sweet. It's kind of personal. I've been working in, on a sales commission basis for over 40 years. Now like a new challenge. Steve Murphy, Margarita Champlain, John Keith, and Joe Donnelly, all candidates for Suffolk County Register of Deeds. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having us. us. And bringing attention to this race. Thank you so much. And thanks to Mike Dean, of course, WGBH News State. Mike, thanks for doing this. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And that is going to do it for the latest edition of The Scrum. Thanks to Margarita Champa-Coyne, John Keith, Joe Donnelly, and Steve Murphy for taking part and to my colleague Mike Dean for coming from the State House to our new Boston Public Library studio to help moderate. As always, you can find us on iTunes, on various podcatchers, and online at blogs.wgbh.org scrum. You can also bend our ear via email at scrum at wgbh.org. The Scrum team also includes Peter Kadzis, my usual co-host, and our producer, Jason Tureski. 
The Scrum is a production of WGBH News. 